Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Now then, boys and girls, I'm excited for this one. It's a conversation between Jacko and myself all about whether it's important what you look like. Yep. Answering the question, do aesthetics matter? It's uh, it's actually a deep and meaningful one. And uh, a lot of stuff comes from the heart in this Uh Hopefully, very thought-provoking. It was thought-provoking for us, but hopefully thought-provoking and also encouraging for all of you listening. Um, We're interested in finding out what you think, having listened to this as well. So do get in touch. Yeah, some pretty raw reflections, which I hope you enjoy and you get something out of it. And I don't know whether you overshed or not, but... Um, yeah sit back and enjoy this one but before you get stuck into it we just want to give a big shout out to the guys at red light rising and thank them for sponsoring the school of calisthenics podcast yep with uh they've produced red light rising they produce red light therapy products that we have been using ourselves to help with your health recovery and performance and it's something that you know for us we've been using it just before uh before bed to help with the night's sleep and then first thing in the morning to help wake us up and get ourselves going uh, if you want to enjoy some of the many benefits of red light therapy, then they have also given a special discount for Scorecard Sense podcast listeners, and that is using SOC5. That's the code SOC5 for 5% off all of their red light rising products at redlightrising.co.uk. The link is also in the show notes, so you can just click straight on that link and go through and check out some of the uh, products. But also, there's a whole load of information on the uh, website about the benefits of red light therapy yeah so if you're interested in that guys go and take a little deep dive there's some really cool stuff to go and read about and uh we've definitely felt the benefits of using those on a, on a daily basis but for now sit back and relax and enjoy me and jacko talking about what we look like roll that jingle So this week we are opening up the can of worms, the question, uh, do aesthetics matter? And um, I'm quite excited and petrified as well as terrified as to where we may or may not go with this. Um, we we have our, our sort of mantra around this from a mental health perspective of saying, as a scorecast sense, we're really... Uh, emphasize the importance on what can we do with our bodies rather than how it looks but that is a constant battle I think for everyone myself and Tim included and you're going to get some raw reflections um, from myself and Tim on this Um, I think Tim might even cry in this one we know crying, but there's a. There's, You've there's, never. Tim's is, never cried. Tim's like the no, uh, glass man. No, what's what's the guy that uh, doesn't cry? Stone? No, I don't know, but I'm I'm basically emotionally stale. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say to my wife. I um, cried last week. I think. Did you? Oh, I wish I could. Sometimes we'll have a good cry session. We'll have just a cry not, after this. Obviously, just not in public. Um, so yeah, I am. This is this is ripe for an overshare from my Tim. The, the, for the context for the listeners, occasionally Tim does overshares, but normally in like smaller group settings. He's looking forward to the thousands of people that are going to listen to this overshare. Mate, I've overshared um, on the podcast before, yeah, and this I'm one sure. is like, um, I, if people know me, like I, I, I generally wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit, and often too much. Um, for some reason, and, on the, for this particular topic, I just. I don't know. There's, I think there's a slightly different dynamic in your head than there is in my head, and I'm interested. In, I'm actually, inter- I'm interested to see what comes out. 
um, because I think. Well, do, yeah. you, do you think I suggested this pod, this session because I think you've got a problem? <laughs> and therefore, <laughs> no. thought we could cancel each other online and no, in front I of just, a full audience. Um, I think that you. Th- I think you think about it potentially a lot more in a way. Yes. Um, and then, so it's also then I know I'm gonna as you're, I'm. I think I'm gonna think about this as we're talking, and I'm interested to see what comes out of my mouth. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a, there's a, d- d- let's just frame this up. There's a context, and I've yeah. got to give a, a shout out to a guy called Ben Tozy who sent an original question through, um, and it got me thinking about it. And then I suggested to Jacko that I thought it would be a good one for us to to, um, to dig in on a little bit. Um, so he sent me quite a, a long email, a really nice one. I'm really enjoying calisthenics. He's he's from Australia. Um, and he's been listening to the podcast whilst he's been training, which is a I couldn't do both those things at the same time because one of them takes far too much of my brain capacity in one go. But he was just said, I'm going to read it out. And he said, I could share this. So um, I want to ask a question about body image. Listening to your 2019 Reflections episode, I was taken by your comments about getting away from what you look like. I have a similar issue. I'm 24. I've been training with free weights and barbells since I was 17 or 18. I got to a point where I was fairly lean, but put on some decent size. And it was about 78 kilos playing semi-pro football in Australia. But over the last few years, I dropped a lot of weight, which was kind of a good thing. And, and now I've started this calisthenics journey. But he's conscious that his weight loss and general food habits revolve around wanting to appear lean all the time. So he's now 65 kilos. He loves to stop counting calories and basically free my mind of an obsession with being lean. Um, can you ask if there's any particular practices or cues you're using to help yourself become less worried about what you look like and any good resources? Keep doing what you're doing, Ben. So, so I, said, I went back to him as like... I can't answer this in an email because it would take me ages. I could write a book about this <laughs> like, and what I think about it. So I said to him, can we share it on the podcast? And he came back and said, yes. Um, so that was a context. But then this is, again, something that uh, a continual narrative in my head. Um, so I don't, I don't even know where we start on this one. Do, do aesthetics matter? Um, yeah. Do it. it's, so thank you to Ben. It's something that like um, we've talked about a lot over over our sort of time training together and definitely like the idea that calisthenics gives me a tool to try and step away from that because I am genuinely and I I don't say this just for the sake of it I'm genuinely trying to achieve and do something with my body as the main focus rather than how it looks now do I do I like it and do I does it help me feel good when I can do cool stuff with my body yes do do I feel good and does it make me happy to a degree when I look in the mirror and like what I see? Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not when I. I'm not denying that at all. But is it? Am I? Is does my does my training fuel that body image issue that I can potentially have it and we can all have in our head? Or do you know I mean does it fuel it? As in, like I'm literally going. That bit of my pec there is not symmetrical compared. Do you know, if I looked at myself and analysed my like muscle tone and everything, like there's loads of things that, that I'd actually probably like to change or would change if I had a magic wand or whatever. But and I would have been a lot more body conscious when I when I transitioned out of playing rugby. My body consciousness would be around just like being small. I was one of the smallest guys on the team, so it'd always be like trying to be a bit bigger but it was still with the purpose of like doing something, playing a sport. 
Whereas when I stopped doing that, what I actually thought I'd do initially was I was just like, I'm just going to get freaking like ripped in incredible shape. I'm going to be a fitness model. Like, I mean, that's probably where my head was at. Like, which and, you've actually done. Is <laughs> But, um, at this point but and that was not and just yeah not not an enjoyable way to train for anything or even but just your mindset so like i quickly fell into calisthenics and it just gave me that thing of like and i genuinely now like i don't know i, I care as much as i also don't care like yeah. So some sometimes I'm sometimes I'm leaner and other times I'm not, and it's always dictated. My training's relatively consistent. It's always dictated by what my nutritional lifestyle is like. Um, yeah, just on that point, anyone who attended Body Power Circuit 2015 <laughs> may have seen a, a large billboard of Jacko um, <laughs> on show. Um, we won't get stuck into that, but the, the thing that's like one of the things that I thought would be useful to talk about this conversation, and, and I'm going to delay my overshared by deflecting back to you again a bit okay is that during lockdown we had a lot of questions about training and a lot of questions around your nutrition off the back of the blog that you wrote and people were seeing you training and then they were starting to sort of comment on how do i look like jacko how do i get like x y and z how do i get lean and i thought it was an interesting one to pick up because the it's and i would just the people will be watching what you're doing but then also paying probably equal attention to, in some degrees, what you look like and achieve in that kind of physique. And I just, I, it was a bit of an insight into that mindset of people really, do aesthetics matter? Well, to a large amount of people, you're like, yes, yeah. it's a really important part of training. Um, and the other thing is that it always comes with, a, with this, like, like everything that we often talk about, it depends and there's context. Because both for you and I, to say that we, uh, to, for our physiques, they've been built... I lose the word, like the phrase loosely in my in terms of my case, but they've been built over a long time of training. So what people see now when they see you or they see me is 15 years in the gym for me, however many years you've been training from as a strength and conditioning coach, as a, sorry, as a rugby player perspective. Um, and I, I just, it just struck me that this is, this is kind of like, people are enjoying the calisthenics side of stuff, but then there's also this perception of, I want to look a certain way, which is perfectly fine. Like I'm a hundred, do aesthetics matter? If you want a short answer from me, yes, they do. Because I'm constantly thinking about that part of my training or largely, but it, I don't know what my point is here, but it was yeah. just, it was, it was the perception that I thought was interesting. And it's not a conversation that we've had on social a lot recently, but it came through more during lockdown for whatever reason. Yeah. I think that's so, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And I'm picking up on a couple of things going like, and, and again, like, so does it matter? And as I, as I said there, like, do I, do I feel better when I'm in, when I'm in good shape? And mm. does, is that reflected outwardly in, in your appearance? Yeah. Is it, do I think that it's, am I happier because it's not my number one priority? Yes. Do I think it can be negative on my mental health if it is the only thing that I'm, it's my sole goal and, and purpose, then like, no, that's not good for, that's not good for that. And I think a lot of people have, that message has resonated with people because they're on the same sort of um, path. We've had people like mm. um, Flavia on the on the podcast before and she shared her sort of testimonies around being exactly in that place and when she changed that mentality of why she was training and the 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 focus and the number one priority was like learning to do a handstand and these other cool things she wanted to do 
that then changed her relationship, not just with how she looked at her own body, but also then changed her relationship with food because food, like food is, I'm eating food to, for one, for enjoyment, things that I like, but also it's fuel, it's there fueling like training sessions. But then the number of, really number one priority for that, that I really shifted in, um, in lockdown, as you said, was around for health, like absolute health, trying to be as healthy as possible. So you're not going to get sick and ill. And I, I challenged myself when I was reflecting on this ago and like, why did it take like that worldwide mm. pand- pandemic to make me want to be as healthy as I can? I should always want to be as healthy as I can. Why wouldn't I want to be as healthy as I can? The, the outward reflection of training well, trying to be as eat as healthy as possible means that like you're training and you're in your nutrition and your lifestyle factors are on point so that then you get in good shape, but that's not, it's like a, it's a secondary byproduct of a of a slightly different approach to the goal and that's yeah. what i'm that's what i'm big on and positive on um posting some videos training with my shirt off is partly to go the misconception that people that i remember having as well when i first started you go if i'm just doing calisthenics am i going to lose all my gains because that's mm. one of the things that we think yeah. about and get on and it's and some of that sometimes is a case of just like to to go for someone wants to answer the question of like can you still have a muscular physique when you're just doing calisthenics well proofs in the pudding when you when you when you take your shirt off and you've still got your gains like i feel in better shape now than when i played rugby yeah and i think that's just one thing for me but i guess the point i was trying to make before is that both you and i are, are like we didn't come into calisthenics without having a training background so it's not like you've your our physiques are not purely built by calisthenics. It would be unfair to say that they are, yeah, um, because we came into the, into it with a certain level of background training. I'd so, done three million sit ups before I was sixteen. <laughs> well, yeah, you do look. You generally still look like your abs are still uh, like are largely visible, even when you would say that you're not in good shape, like after a, a standard Jacko Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> where you've gone in hard, <laughs> potentially. But I, I guess that's just I wanted to to make the point of of like and and I'm I am a hundred percent guilty of this. Like I will see stuff on social all the time, and I'm comparing myself to yeah. other people, and not always respecting or acknowledging like where I've come from, where they've come from, what we've done differently over the years, um, what training might have looked like. I just, I just think that it's, it's important that people understand that about <clears throat> the the measurement against yourself, and which leads me into a point of I've during lockdown I've done a fair amount of volume based work on the idea and some principles of I needed to create some more muscle effectively to do some of the things that I wanted to do um, so bigger muscles produce more force and I needed to produce more force so I started working on that and also my training has always been a bit of an experiment of you go and read some literature and your standard PT book will tell you three sets of 10 or four sets of eight for hypertrophy. And you start digging into it and you start to get a bit more of a science. And we did a podcast around um, hypertrophy a while back about volume training. We talked about some of this. So if you wanted to listen to that, go back and, and have a little check out of that. But what I found was I got some improvements. I've seen some some changes and I built some more muscle mass. I don't can't I don't weigh myself, so I don't know what exactly, but I felt like I was starting to look different. And the interesting thing was, after about a couple of weeks, my mindset had got, or my mind, eyes had got used to seeing what I saw in the mirror and then started to think that I wasn't big enough anymore or I'd lost all my gains or whatever. And it was just, it was a real start realization. I've got for a couple of weeks, I was flipping happy. I was like, that training's worked really well. I've tried a new stimulus. I've learned something, like I've seen some benefits. 
But then as I started to look at myself in the mirror every day, I just became used to that picture that I was seeing and then it wasn't good enough anymore. And then I start getting stressed out or panicking about training and having to do more and keep going with it. And what if I'm like X, Y, and Z? And it was, it was, it was an interesting experiment which led to a f- the potential for a downward spiral. Unfortunately, I feel that having had enough time in the game, I recognized it rather than starting to feel insecure about it. Um, and one that just, I really want this to have some kind of practical carrier takeaway for people as well. And one of the things that I've kind of reassured myself with that was just keep going, like just keep doing the work. So it worked. And if you want to maintain it or you want to keep building it in a particular area, and you can apply this to strength or endurance or whatever it might be, is you've just got to keep applying the stimulus and seeking progressive overload. And you'll continue to see the improvements that you've seen yeah. up until this point. But it was, um, yeah, it just it just struck me as a, there's, there's been so much kind of just bubbling around around this, but it's, and this may or may not be coming across as a well thought out and coherent conversation. But um, it's, I think, yeah, that point of, remember where people have come from and also your own perception of physique, physique if you train regularly, can be quite misleading. Yeah. And it will, it will lure you into a sense of inadequacy, quite quickly and that's why bodybuilders you look at them how many people do you know that are like flipping big and ripped and they're like oh, i need to get bigger i need to get bigger like I, I couldn't name a few people at the top of my head who feel like that and i look at them going you've lost perception of of, of yourself yeah, because you've got com- you've got comfortable with with what you look like and you're constantly wanting to push forwards yeah well i think what i'm hearing from you there mainly is that the context of the person's situation is like really important and, and an encouragement that people listening, if this is something that you battle with, and I'm sure most people will, it'd be very difficult for anyone that trains that doesn't, um, to just think about your own context and rather than, and if you do get caught in that trap of comparing yourself to others, which we all do try to just bring into that, the context of that so that you're not doing an unfair comparison. Um, I think that's probably, you know, because there was one of the things that Ben said was like any like tips of things that um, things that you do to try and like not not fall into those traps. Um, I think one of the things is like how are we measuring our training success? If we're measuring our training success by what I look like in the mirror, well, then for one, you're going to spend a lot of time looking in the mirror, checking to see whether things are good or or not. And I know for one thing that if like how how you if i stand in front of the mirror in the morning compared to midday and then compared to the evening i'm going to see a different picture like whether that's even just to the degree of like the light on me or whatever but your body like changes throughout the day massively aesthetic of how it potentially looks aesthetically so it's almost like a waste it's almost like a waste of time that being that that measure and then other times if you like like us and you you might video or have a photo taken of you whatever and, and then there's times where you go like I've had times where you go, oh, I was in really good shape when I did so and so, and then I, what that I don't look like that. That picture doesn't really. It was a fair mm. reflection of what I thought I looked like, or the, or vice versa, feeling like you're not in great, and then someone shows your photo and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm actually quite quite happy with that. It's it it's almost like so changeable that there's no point in having that as the marker that we're measuring ourselves, and therefore it's another great reason for the marker of how are you measuring your training is down to like, what can you do in your training? Mm. I think that's more important. And, and what makes you happy? Like that's what we need to think about. 
I've got one really good piece of advice actually that I've learned during more volume-based training. Only look in the mirror post-session, immediately <laughs> post-session. Because that the, is when, when I generally look my biggest and the, best. While the pump is still fresh. Exactly. And give it six hours and it looks awful. Getting, no, I'm joking. But, and not, but not every, we're sort of thinking about this from a wanting to be like muscly and big. Like, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening that maybe it's the other way. It's like they want to look thinner. Um, mm. Well, I actually asked Karen about this. And I said to her, like, do aesthetics matter? And she, she paused and thought about it. And she was like, yeah. They do because it's it's how I feel in myself. It's self confidence. It's yeah. it's the and 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 these perceptions of like self image and where we think a what that what we think in our minds like that should look like is a is a societal society and cultural thing. Like you go to Fiji and it's you actually want to be bigger. That's the sign of wealth and of, of wealth and of success. And Africa, to a certain degree, is is the same. Where it's culturally it's better to be bigger because it's um f- f- that just the way it is whereas in the uk or in, in the western world we probably prioritize the fitness model type physique because that's what we've been sort of exposed to and what we think is going to be um, a good representation or what we should look like so that that's again it's just it's a, it's a different context of of that but it does it does reflect back on what do we want to look like what do we and then what are we kind of measuring ourselves against but also the importance of do you know what when i feel like that closer to what i think i want to look like based on a benchmark that makes me feel better about myself it gives me more confidence and those things are huge like i want to walk out in a world with confidence i want to put clothes on that make me feel good and i want to carry myself in a way which makes me like a more positive and yeah, like outwardly confident person in myself. Yeah. Um, and I know that makes a big difference. And we spend a lot of time in front of cameras and like I have to look at back at myself and what I look like and photos and that sort of stuff. So we're probably like hypersensitive to some of it. Um, but you, you, you pointly made right back at the start of going, well, what's more important to me, what I look like or what I can do? Well, recently I've kind of wanted a bit of both, but that's been fine because I'm still moving forwards. And what's, what's been like really pleasing for me is I put a load of strength work in and just general volume and I've now switched to something a little bit more specific and I'm reaping the benefits of it and I like the way that I look at the moment. Mm. So it's like, you can have it both. It's just yeah, it's, it's how you kind of balance those things out. And it's and what I'm trying to encourage people with is I strongly believe it's the order of those things. So we're not saying that, we're not saying we'd be lying if we're going, oh, no, aesthetics doesn't matter. I don't care how I how I look because, you know, ultimately, like, it, it does have an effect on how you, like like you say, how you, what, what you are. So you can't said that um, how, you, how you feel. Like, you know, it makes it makes you feel more confident, happier, whatever it would be. But it's, it's one of the ingredients and elements that's going to help with that. It's not the number one. It's not the only thing. And it's definitely not the most important thing. And my um, tips or tools for people to try and how do I go about changing my mindset towards this is to start with like really challenge yourself what actually is most important. So um, if my um, health moving forward for the rest of my life is the most important thing for me because when we we don't have our health, like you have nothing, like everything else falls apart. Therefore, what you... Um, you know is your is your training and your nutritional habits and lifestyle habits a reflection of that that notion of i want to try and be healthier you know being like massively massively muscly 
you know, way off the BMI scale is also not going to be that healthy long-term longevity equally like, you know, or whatever it may be. There's the, there's that middle ground where it's going to be healthier for you. And then as our, as our, um, like priorities start to become more towards health and what can I do with my body, then we're going to be doing things that are going to help generate that like enjoyment in our training because we're trying to do some cool stuff or whatever it may be. And also your lifestyle and nutritional habits are going to be geared towards being healthy, which is going to help you with that longevity. And then what what do you also get as a byproduct of those things? Well, then you're going to get some aesthetics that you're probably going to going to be part of those ingredients that help you be happy. There's certain things that won't change because it's in your, it's your genetics. Like my wonky, stupid six pack abs are not going to change. They're just going to get bigger or whatever. <laughs> join this, like what? It's, there's a certain not elements, bigger, please not bigger. Th- there's certain elements there that are just not going to change, um, and that that's where that that's where it the freedom comes from changing our in my view my belief is in changing our our priorities not saying aesthetics don't matter but saying that they're not the most important thing to me i'm going to prioritize health and for me it's prioritize health and what i can do with my body yeah i I think if i do that then i'm in a good place mentally and that's the that's important yeah i think you make a good point and i think the the other thing for me is like, as you say, if you kind of work out what those big rocks are, so can we stabilize our, our nutrition and our eating habits so that we've got some level of consistency? Because what we'll find from a typical bulk and cut type mentality is that you kind of put weight on and you drop weight, put weight on, drop weight as you're trying to build more muscle. And this is one of the things I think Ben might have be sort of alluding to, but I, and I've done this before in the past is like, you go, right, I'm going to put some muscle on, I need to eat a little bit more. And then you get a bit fat and you're like, oh, crikey, I need to cut now because I don't like being fat. And after, that's after about 10 days. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and that's still a perception because I'm now telling myself that I'm eating more. And therefore, when I stand in front of the mirror, I'm expecting to self see myself look different. Like it, it, my mind plays tricks on me all the time. And, and I would just, my encouragement to people, well, that would be that, like dysmorphia, body dysmorphia is a real thing and it's something that we need to be aware of consciously because your mind will play tricks on you. I've said this before, but if I think I look, I'm going to look big when I stand it or good when I stand in front of a mirror, I've already told myself what to yeah. see. You've done a good if block I, of training, you're like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and sometimes if, if standing in front of me, God, I've not trained for two weeks, I'm, I'm going to see exactly what I want to see, even though I might not actually look that, that different to anybody else. But if you get to stabilize those blocks and go, right, my eating habits are stable. I've got, I know my nutrition, I'm locked down on that. And that can, that levels, that, that, that gives me a level of just week in, week out. I know what I'm doing. I've got that, I've got that sorted. Ooh. You've then got the option with, well, with, with calisthenics, you can go, well, what sort of things do I want to work on? I'm shifting my focus to a tangible goal of doing a handstand or a human flag or a muscle up or whatever it might be. So we've got something which is then giving us a, a, another type of value or a um, value measurement um, and, and in terms of, something that's important to us and how we can watch and see our training progressing as aside from being what I look like. And then you've got what I've done recently is like, I've just now twi- switched my program a little bit. So now I've got those two things. I've got some stuff I'm working on. I've got some stable nutritional habits. Now I'm just going to go and change the reps and sets that I'm doing in a session to create a different type of adaptation. So rather than going maximum strength work, because I'm trying to get more speed for my muscle up, I've just gone like big on volume and I've been doing 10 sets of 10 and just using some general kind of hypertrophy type of training because I am using that for one to move towards the specific goals because I need some more muscle mass to, to produce more force. And two, because I want to change the way of my physique slightly because I've gone through a block this year. And this is again, just another point yeah. of 
like I had a rough start to the beginning of the year from a, like there's a few things went on that meant the training wasn't easy. Um, so I've just been playing catch up a little bit since January on what I wanted the year to look like and just starting to tweak how I use my training time to get a slightly different adaptation. But if you looked at it, you'd be like, well, week in, week out, your food's on point. You've, you've got some decent goals that you're working towards and you're training regularly. And yeah. if I do those things, like most of it's going to take care of itself. Yeah. Well, I think the other important thing that you've mentioned there is the fact that when you, the context, again, you said context before, but the context of your, um, of your hypertrophy and the reason rationale for it wasn't, own, wasn't, I just want to look bigger. It was, firstly, you mentioned the fact that you actually, you need to generate some, some growth to allow for more force production so you can do some of those other things. So it's all, that's still geared towards, as a priority, the, some, the, the, the planch work, for example, mm. that you want to be able to do. Um, You've then got the the bent that you know the muscle growth little kicker that is something that you want because you like it when you look a little bit more muscly compared to when you look a little bit like slimmer. Like that's yeah. personal preference though, um, and I think that you make a really good point. Just going back to like when you go, you'll you'll tell a story to yourself and see in the mirror what you want to see. Like so, it's actually not even a true true or fair reflection of what is actually standing there, mm. um, and I think that that's where that's where it's important for people to understand that like not only like what I said that your body changes loads during the day anyway so like even just from one day like have I got fatter since yesterday like probably not but when I look at myself I may do like I don't know um and that taking trying to shift our mind away from uh from that as my measuring tool and that do aesthetic like rather than do aesthetics matter it's like does aesthetics matter the most yeah. that then to me then that that becomes a question and if the answer to that is does it matter the most is yes well then I think you've got some other questions to ask yourself as well as to why mm. yeah and the other thing for me was like I wanted to go through an experiment of using like scientific hypertrophy based um, protocols with body weight training only so like we often get questions and people ask can you build muscle with body weight well I don't know let's go and have a look and because I've never really kind of pushed into it and I've I've never done serious blocks of 10 by 10 or like looking at trying to hit 20 to 30 sets of an exercise across a course of a week. Like I've never done that before. Mm. Um, so there, there was a number of different reasons behind it, but yeah, I, I just think I would encourage people to, to find a method of training or form of training, which brings you happiness and makes you and gives you enjoyment. And generally, if you do that well, um, from a adherence and consistency perspective and calisthenics would do that because it's a strength based activity or sport if you want to call it that and you've got your nutrition on point like you get most of it most of what we're talking about the aesthetic side is going to take care of itself um and, and we'll honestly say that i haven't done an upper body weights based session in terms of barbells and dumbbells since i started calisthenics in 2000 and when 14 yeah coming from seven years ago yeah um, and i look like what i look like so those of you will all be able to see and know what we look like um but genuinely, to to and hand on heart, I haven't touched a bench press or a shoulder press. I might have done the occasional bicep curl. <laughs> Full disclosure. Shoulder head. stabilization. So, exactly. It's a, a different podcast. <laughs> Stabilize a yeah. humeral head. It's just yeah. It's science. It's boring, <laughs> but it's part of our life. 
<laughs> and my other one, Jacko, just let's talk about very quickly before we wrap this one up on um, like calorie counting. Like I have counted calories before for a period of time. And I think it's one of those things, I don't think it personally is a very healthy habit because you want to get to a point where you just kind of intuitively know what is enough and what and, and where you need to be based on training and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I've done it because it, I was interested in how much protein I was consuming during the day as again, like a little bit of an experiment. But it, that is something that I would encourage people to try and move away from if you can. I don't know if you would agree yeah. with that. The only thing, Tim, that I count is the number of potatoes that I eat. <laughs> <laughs> no um does my fitness power have an upper limit for potatoes <laughs> they're free they're free on weight watching have as many oh, potatoes as you want um yeah no i think i it's one of those things that like one of the interesting things with it is like tracking what you eat the research shows that you don't what you write down is what you eat even when you're trying to do it as best as you can you don't write down everything that you eat you don't actually track it all um so that sort of semi throws it out the window anyway. Um, it's useful though, right? If someone if someone's yeah. got no idea, go, I'm putting weight on or I can't lose weight. That's probably it's a useful exercise just yeah. to get a gauge of what you're actually doing, yeah. right? And try I, not to become reliant on it. I remember one one preseason um, years it would be over ten years ago. I, I tracked um, tracked sort of as closely as I could for like a few weeks for that purpose of, of what you're doing. To see, I was partly wanted to see how how effective it was going to be. And, um, well, the, what it did actually teach me was I then basically knew intuitively, like what 50 grams of oats looks like and what a hundred grams of carbs from potatoes looks like and what, uh, you know, what, what, how much pro like just, you you just get a good, quite feel of what things, what my plate should look like if I want to hit those things rather than it being a, an addictive sort of compulsive thing of like i need to i need to be tracking this because if i have x number over then blah blah blah. because i think what something that we for us to be in tune with our bodies we want to be a we want to be aware and know what does it what is it like to feel hungry and is that really hungry or am i just thirsty and and responding to those things of going i'm actually in tune with my the, those inner feelings of hunger etc rather than only eating when my app tells me I need to in the exact number of calories yeah. that it is, like rather than, you know, I genuinely feel a bit hungrier now, like I should probably eat something. Mm. Um, I think that's, I think that's important. And, but in terms of, as you're saying, of being not in terms of the like compulsive, obsessive side of counting calories, that surely moving away from that is a, is a positive step from a, from our mindset. Yeah. And if you've done it for long enough, you'll know what it looks like um, on your plate anyway. Yeah. That would be my raw reflections on that. Well, that was exactly what I was going to use. I think the raw, this has been a raw conversation. I wrote nothing down because I wanted it to become just from... From the heart. Uh, from the heart in terms of just an honest conversation about where our heads are at and not premeditated or structured. So hopefully that's some useful stuff in there. But um, as I said, it's something that is a constant battle for, for me. Jacko can speak for himself, but um, I would say that I have been through phases of male dysmorphia, not to a chronic point, but like a concern over the years. And calisthenics has 100% made that better. Yeah. I don't worry about it anywhere near as much as what I used to. Um, and a similar thing for you, trying to be big to play rugby and never feeling big enough because I'm a small guy. Um, 
but yeah, def- definitely having those things and those tricks in the locker that you can do, which goes like, okay, can you do handstand push-up? Well, I don't really care how big my shoulders are because that's just flipping cool. Yeah, there's exactly. a lot of big dudes that can't do that. So wrapping it up in terms of what do you want and what's important to you. And, and now movement and being strong in those kind of movements is the most important thing. And hopefully as I tweak my training and play around with some stuff, then I, I, look, in a, I look at a way in a way that makes me feel confident with who I am and my expression out into the world. Yeah. No, just uh, I'll just finish off with saying that, like, just an encouragement to people to ask them, ask, ask yourself the question: Do it? Does aesthetics matter? And is it the most important thing? Because what we're not saying is that it doesn't matter to us, but mm. in terms of where it sits in those priorities, is going to have an effect on what you do, and it's going to have an effect on how you think about yourself, and ultimately what you want and what we want is for you to be happy, and so trying to get those set of priorities in a way in your mind that tees you up to be to be happier and, and be not be worrying about what we look and, and the same as you that when I when I changed my training towards what can I do in terms of some of the calisthenics moves like it is it's freeing like I care and I, I think I gradually care less um, mm. about what I look like but then but to a degree the level that it that does it matter yes and that that it is something that like it, it's there as something but the battle and that struggle becomes easier because it's not the main focus and the main priority and actually sometimes it's quite good in that i might let my uh nutrition slip a little bit and then notice that oh like if i'm getting a little bit putting on a little bit of weight and not in not a good way is that I then ask myself that question of like, well, is, is that because I've stopped eating for health? Like, am I making some mm. worse decisions? So actually you can use it as a, as a gauge to help me with my number one priority of I want to be as healthy as possible rather than it being that sort of aesthetic portion being the number one thing. So yeah. that's our encouragement for you listening out there. We'd love, I think this, but hopefully this will spark some, um, some conversations and some new thoughts and for people to reflect we'd love to hear what you think about it um if you found it useful and think that there's a you know a friend or someone you know that would also it would trigger some interesting thoughts and maybe help them with that process we'd love it if you would share uh it with them and um yeah as i say we'd love to hear what other where are the people are at with this and what you thought of of the podcast so do do get in touch tim's email is tim at schoolcarsex.com Mine is david at schoolcardsex.com. Don't get confused. Jacko and David are the same person. Just David is what my mum calls me. Um, or you can get us on the DMs on uh, Instagram. is the best place to, if you want us get in contact on social media. Amazing. Guys, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back next week. Until next time. Class dismissed. <laughs>